Good morning, friends. I feel like you all are the most persistent, perseverant, signing on every Sunday, doing Zoom church still. And it is just, as always, a delight to see your faces. I'm Sarah. If we haven't met um, in person or online, welcome to those who are new. Um, it is just Yes, I'm praying God's peace and shalom over us today. I know I've already had a crazy morning and there's just a lot going on in the world that um, is not the way it's supposed to be, is not the kingdom of God. That is the series that we've been in for the last five weeks through the book of Matthew, just pulling out these different pieces about what it means to live in the strong and unshakable kingdom of God, even right now, even in the midst of chaos and to be a part of bringing the kingdom of God to bear on this earth. Gosh, what does that even look like? So we've shared about who the king is in this kingdom. What does Jesus's real rule and reign look like? We've talked about life in the kingdom. What does it mean to really be blessed through those beatitudes? Blessed are those. And just that it's this upside down kingdom, very, very different than the kingdoms of this world. We've talked about praying kingdom prayers and having that posture of surrender and trust, even when the kingdom that we live in right now, the kingdom of this world, this earth is not, it does not look like the kingdom of God. And yet we know that God is bringing the kingdom to earth. And so we're finishing the series this week and next week, kind of a two-parter conclusion by exploring what does it mean for us to really partner with and be one of Jesus's disciples who is still bringing his kingdom to earth to New York City as it is in heaven I know, as we were singing with Justice earlier, just that past or the, the lyrics of the song that said, is all creation groaning? It is. Is a new creation coming? It is. Gosh, my heart just jumped and I was tearing up just thinking, yes, Lord, this is what we're longing for. We're groaning for a new creation, a new heaven and new earth that is coming. And we get to be the ones who ushered in. What a humble, what a beautiful calling that we have. So we turn to our passage today in Matthew 9, and we see here that Jesus is continuing his ministry of bringing the kingdom to earth. What, what is it meant to be? What is it that we are to live in. And this is how Jesus was bringing the kingdom of earth to earth. He's, he went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. This is how Jesus lived. This is what he did every day. He was proclaiming, he was teaching, he was healing, he was with people in their towns and villages. So if you remember from our first um, talk in this series, I talked through three kind of funny words. You can skip to the next slide. Um, incarnation, proclamation, demonstration. And we see just in that passage in Matthew 9 that this is what Jesus was doing every day of his life on this earth. He was incarnated. He was with us, present among us, walking through the towns and villages. He was embodied. He came to us, not expecting us to come to him. He proclaimed. He didn't just stop at being with people physically. He proclaimed verbally with his out loud voice. He spoke truth. He announced the kingdom. He brought the good news by proclaiming the gospel that the king is here and you can live in freedom in this kingdom. But he didn't stop there just with incarnation and proclamation. He demonstrated the kingdom. We see in that passage that 
he didn't just preach, but he actually healed people. He actually, he said, there are no sick, sick people in the kingdom of heaven. So he healed the sick. There are no demonized people in the kingdom of heaven. So he cast out demons. There is no poor. There are no abused. There are no hurting or harassed and helpless, as it says in that passage. And so he began to right those wrongs. He started to set the kingdom in motion. Um, another way to look at those three words is just love, truth, and power. This is the three-part gospel. This is what, this is the gospel that we live, not just preach and teach and believe in our heads, but this is the gospel that we live, the gospel of love, truth, and power, perfect love, perfect truth, perfect power over the enemy, the darkness. And is that fully here yet? No, this is what Jesus began. And this is what he did every day. The combo of loving people, speaking truth, demonstrating through his healing power. But did he heal everyone for all time? Not yet. Did he bring truth to every person? Did he walk among every village? Was he with every hurting man or woman and show compassion to every corner of the earth? Not yet. He brought the kingdom now, but it is also a kingdom that is not yet, and it is still unfolding. So what does it mean for us to be involved in this plan to fully establish his kingdom? To say, yes, Lord, I want to be a part of this bringing the new creation. We are groaning for the new creation. And so keep reading in Matthew 9, 35 here. He saw the crowds and he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, he looked at the crowd and then he turned to his few disciples and he said, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And he told them, ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore to send out workers into his harvest field. So he sees his people, he sees the crowds helpless, and he turns to the few and he asks them to join him. The harvest is plentiful. And this is where the story of Jesus begins to shift. Jesus up to this point was doing this ministry kind of on his own. He had his disciples following him, but this is the turning point of the story where he turns to his disciples and he says, and now, guys, I'm looking for you to partner with me to finish this work of bringing the kingdom to earth. He got it started, but he wasn't actually going to be the one by himself to finish it. Even Jesus was limited. Maybe someone needs to hear that today. Even Jesus was limited. That certainly means that we are limited. Jesus was limited in his time, in his energy, in his strength. I know I certainly feel the ache of my limitations, that I can't be all things and everywhere all at once. And Jesus couldn't even be in two places at once. And that's why he wanted to send us. So he wasn't, in fact, actually the only one that bringing the kingdom of God was entirely up to. This whole process of the kingdom coming on earth as it is in heaven was not entirely up to him. I'll say that again because it sounds a little, really? I thought Jesus was the one responsible for this. And yes, he is through his empowering of us, but 
this bringing the kingdom bit, in fact, was not entirely up to Jesus. He invited others. He invited us to be a part of establishing his kingdom in New York City as it is in heaven. Justice, peace, and hope, love, truth, and power. And this invitation that he gave to his disciples back then, it still stands today. I imagine here, read this passage again. Imagine Jesus looking out over the crowds of New York City and having compassion on them, looking out, walking the streets, being in the subways and having compassion on them because they are harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Just picture wherever your neighborhood is in New York City or wherever you are and see the people harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then hear Jesus turn to us, to Hope Midtown, to the body of Christ that's in this, in this city and say, the harvest is plentiful. You see it, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Would you ask me, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out more workers into the harvest field? He is sending us to do the same things that he did. Look at the next part of this passage. He wants us, you can go to the next slide. He wants us, just as he invited his disciples, to do the same things that Jesus himself did. He goes on after he calls his 12 disciples, he calls them to himself, he gives them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. And these 12, Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Don't go among the Gentiles or enter any town of Samaritans. That will come. First Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, then the ends of the earth. That will come. But go rather now to the lost sheep of Israel. And as you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. And this is still our message today, that we are the ones who get to embody love and speak truth, proclaim truth, and display his power and authority. So Jesus was sent to do these things, and then he turned around and sent his disciples and even us all these years later to still carry it on. This is one ongoing long mission to bring the kingdom to earth. And we are sent in the same way that he was sent. This is a verse that really has just struck with me. It's the next one on the slide. Jesus tells his disciples that they'll do the exact same things that he did because he said, as the father has sent me, so also I am sending you. So he's imparting his same authority to them. He had authority over demonic spirits and darkness, and he gave them and he gives us the same authority. He healed the sick. And he gives us the ability, the authority to heal. The same spirit that was in Christ is the same spirit that is still within us. The same spirit that Jesus had to do what he did on earth is the same spirit that indwells and empowers and is in us as we go. And I love that phrase, as you go. It said the disciples just as they went from village to village, they were the embodiment of this message. They were to be that incarnation, proclamation, demonstration of the good news. And this hasn't changed. 
So as the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. Um, that word there, as, is just, you know, in the same way. That as he was sent, we are sent in the same way. And you know the modern concept of an ambassador. This is Jesus was a sent one himself first. He was an ambassador and he was sent by the father to us instead of hoping we'd find our way to him. So Jesus came as the first ambassador. I think of Catherine in our community, um, Solomon's wife, if you know Catherine and Solomon. Catherine is an actual ambassador from Kenya. And so she is a representative of her country. So what does it mean then that Jesus was sent as a representative of the kingdom of God to display and represent? What does the kingdom of God look like? Look at Jesus. And I just, in my Bible nerdiness, forgive me, I um, looked up the word sent and found 41 references of it just in the book of John. So that seems to be the place where Jesus liked to say that he was sent. He liked to remind his people over and over again, I was sent. So you can look at some of those references there, but it's fascinating to see that Jesus knew that he was sent and that that mattered, that he was sent of the Father, and that as he was sent, then he turns and sends us. So why did it matter that Jesus was sent, that Jesus was an ambassador? The definition of ambassador is one who acts on the full authority of the sender to the extent that he accurately represents the sender's mission. May that be so. May that be true of, of us as ambassadors. May that be true of, of literal ambassadors that ambassadors don't send themselves. They don't go on their own free will. They are appointed and commissioned and dispatched by someone else. They're sent to a specific place to do a specific task and they serve the agenda of the sender and not their own agenda. They're an audible voice in the physical presence of the one that they represent. Now, some of you may have heard or read the president's speech um, this last Friday responding to the bombings in Kabul. And interestingly, he quoted this verse from Isaiah on the next slide where God is asking Isaiah the prophet, whom shall I send? And who will go for us? This is God asking, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And Isaiah replies, here I am, Lord, send me. And the president basically conflated this phrase, here I am, Lord, send me, with military action and with the mission of the United States. And yes, we are grateful, grateful for the service of so many, and we grieve for those whose lives have been lost. But there is a problem with using scripture in this way, namely that we cannot equate the American military with this call of God to send his people to establish his true kingdom. The kingdom of God, let me say clearly, is not Christendom. It is not a politically Christian nation, and it's not achieved through Christian or American nationalism. I won't go into more of that. I just read an incredible article this morning by Ed Stetzer that I highly recommend. It's called, Don't Confuse Military Action with the Mission of God. If somebody could find that and pop it in the chat, 
Ed Stetzer, don't confuse military action with the mission of God. So I just want to say, when we say, yes, Lord, here I am, send me. I want to be a representative and ambassador of your kingdom. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is a different kind of being sent than what we might understand if we view it in the same way that has been spoken. Thanks for finding it, Laura. So we are sent in the same way that Jesus was sent. So how was Jesus sent? The first one, Jesus was sent in person. He didn't like, God didn't yell to us from heaven, come back to me. Or like, it wasn't this, you know, distant, I am just sending my messengers or there's not a message that was just like hand dropped and delivered. It was Jesus himself coming, coming to us. Jesus didn't just deliver the message as if like a, you know, carrier of a courier of a message. He was the message, his person. He came in person as a person. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we also, if Jesus was sent this way, then we also, I am sending you in the same way. We also are sent in the flesh into our real live neighborhoods and workplaces as the physical embodiment of Christ's message and his presence. When we step into a space, an Orange Theory Fitness like the Hairstons, when we step into our WeWorks, or even when we step into a Zoom room meeting, we are carrying the manifest presence of God. We represent the kingdom of God in those places. May we, Hope Midtown, never become people who just expect people to come to us, that like, you know, invite people to church, or if you build it, they will come, as Drew said yesterday, but that we would be a people who go to them instead of expecting them to come to us. I don't know if you've noticed, but most New Yorkers are not in church right now. And most New Yorkers probably won't set foot in church right now or in, you know, in their days. But is that the only place that they can find Jesus, that they can find hope? What if they never set foot in a church? Could they still have a representative of the kingdom bring the good news to them. So think about right now the physical places, the, the, the places that you live, work, and play, as Laura and Ryan say, the places in your everyday week that you live, work, and play. Think about those places and where is it that God might be sending you with his manifest presence, even in the coming days. So tuck that away. The second one, Jesus was sent as a son. Jesus, the ambassador of the kingdom of God, was sent as a son, not as an employee. He called God father. He, he wasn't just a worker bee, but he was made in the exact image and likeness of God as a son so that there was that relationship. His mission was born out of his relationship as a son to the father. And over and over again, Jesus said, I do only what I see the father doing. I think of my dad and my brother. 
My brother looks a lot like my dad. He talks a lot like my dad. He's taking over the family business. He is the representation of my dad in the second generation. He has my dad's DNA. He, a lot of people would say like father, like son of my dad and my brother. And I hope that it would be said of me and of us like father, like our father in heaven, like daughter, like son. We have been sent not as hired hands, not as this distant connection or as like marching orders, but as sons and as daughters, because we share the same DNA of the father, like father, like son, like father, like daughter. You want to know what the kingdom is like? Look at Jesus. You want to know what the people of the kingdom are like? I hope we could say, look at us. And that we could say too, what, whatever I see the father doing, that's what I do. If Jesus said it, I, I only do what I see the father doing. I only go where I see the father going. May we say that too. So think right now, what does it mean as you are thinking about starting your week tomorrow? How do you go into the places where you'll be this week as a beloved son or daughter of the king? How, how does that allow you to go in confidence, in assurance that you carry the presence of God with you? How will you go into this week as a son or daughter of the king who rules and reigns in this good, true kingdom where you can say, I live in the strong and unshakable kingdom of God, even right now, his kingdom is not in trouble and neither am I. I shared that quote in the first message. And third, Jesus was sent as a servant. So God didn't wrap his greatest gift to humanity in a fancy package and like send it with a lot of fanfare. He sent Jesus to a small town to live among poor people, to lead a really simple life to walk with 12 men and some others, some women as well for just three years. He was very limited and it was very small. And Jesus didn't need to be a hero. So he washed feet and he worked as a carpenter. He worked with his hands and he hung out with the misfits, those on the margins. And then he died as a criminal really not a lot of fanfare, nothing glamorous or really noteworthy about his earthly life if you look at it in the whole scope of history. But when he said, I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me and lived as a servant, that meant that it was this subtle, subversive, you know, the, the yeast in the dough kind of way that he he was sent quietly and simply and without a lot of fanfare. And that gives us permission to be too, to not come as heroes with capes, but as servants with towels. How can I wash your feet? Maybe literally sometimes. And Jesus himself built his kingdom when he was walking among us, one changed life at a time. You don't see too many giant crowds. There was the feeding of the 5,000. But again, in the scheme of our world today, that's kind of small. And 5,000 people, even in a city like New York, that would take a lot of dispersing. 
to make a huge splash, to make an impact. So it was small and subtle and subversive, but lives were changing one at a time. So tomorrow, let me ask you, if Jesus was living your Monday at work, at home, with your kids, teaching, schooling, if Jesus was living your Monday in New York City or wherever you are, how would he serve tomorrow? Who would he be serving maybe in just very humble, gentle ways, nothing glamorous, nothing big and splash, but how would Jesus live your Monday tomorrow? And lastly, Jesus was sent with power and with authority. Jesus knew that he had a mission. It was very clear as Jesus uncovered his calling, Jesus was very clear that his whole purpose was to reconcile people to God. And he was sent on this mission with absolute assurance that he would be given the authority and the power that he needed to carry it to completion and through us as well. If Jesus said he only did what he saw the father doing, then he trusted that this meant that he would be given the ability and the anointing to do what he saw the father doing. If the father did this, then he would too. If Jesus did this, then we can too. And I know that seems kind of crazy sometimes when our lives don't look a lot like Jesus. And I know I will be the first to confess that these last 16 months or so, when we've all been in, I know I've been in kind of more survival mode. I haven't had my, my eyes out to see so much of, okay, Lord, where, where do you want to send me today? I've kind of just been more internal and it's just been easier to focus on myself and kind of one day at a time. And I get that. And yet, if Jesus is bringing his kingdom in New York City as it is in heaven, and if we have the same spirit in us that he had, and we don't have this miniature Holy Spirit, we have the same spirit, the same power, the same authority, then I wonder what he could do among us. I wonder what if you, as you are right now, nothing special, you don't have to be, you know, seminary trained. You don't have to be anything really glamorous. But what if right now, as you are, you are being sent to the neighbor next door or to a coworker with the same indwelling power and authority that the spirit of God wants to transform their lives with? What if what, if what you wish for your neighbor Think about what you might wish for someone who seems far from Christ right now. What would you wish for them? What would you hope for them, for their lives to be transformed with the goodness of God? What do you wish for them? And that would be what the kingdom of God looks like. Chances are what you wish for their, for their healing, for their understanding of truth, what you wish for them is probably a picture of the kingdom of God and probably what God wishes and wants for them too. 
And so we look again as we conclude at that verse, as the Father has sent me, so also I am sending you. In the same way that Jesus was sent as a son, as a servant, in person, in the flesh, and with power, we too are sent as just ordinary people, everyday people, onto our Monday tomorrow. We are sent in person. We are sent as sons and daughters and as servants and with power and authority. We don't go anywhere on our own initiative. That's been starting to be my prayer. Lord, let me not go on my own initiative, but let me be on the lookout for where you are moving and to just bring a little glimpse of the kingdom of God into the spaces where I am moving around, where you are moving around, that we would see what the Father is doing and want to join him. We would go where the Father is already working. So let me challenge you with this last slide to just look around you, maybe even literally look around you right now. Look around you and wherever you are, that's where you've already been sent. Wherever you are, that is where you have already been sent. I know for much of my life, I wanted to be a missionary in the international world and go to a far off land. And I thought that's what it meant to be sent. Here I am, Lord, send me to the nations. And there's still a large part of my heart that is um, desiring that. And yet I see, look around me, look, look at the nations that are here and look at the people of this city. That is where I've already been sent to. So to use a Lauren Ryan Hairston question that they asked me early on when I moved to New York, to whom have you been sent? To whom have you been sent even this week? And I would ask us right now as we close to just maybe think of one person that we could say, maybe Lord, maybe you're sending me to them to show, to be the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. What do you wish for this person? How would you wish the kingdom of God would reign in their lives? How do you wish that they would be transformed by the love and goodness of Christ? And that is you desiring the kingdom of God for them. So may we say, here I am, Lord, send me. And may we say that trusting that we have everything that we need to be sent. And in a few weeks, September 20th, we're starting actually a missional discipleship course that Laura Hairston will be leading um, on September 20th. And it will be an eight week course that is all about the nitty gritty of how do I bless and really love my neighbors and my friends and coworkers, colleagues? How do I live as a sent one in my everyday ordinary life without being a missionary, without being a pastor? How do I live in that sentness every day. So come back next week for the conclusion of our Kingdom of God series, and then we'll actually be starting a new sermon series on this mission of God. What is his desire for us as we kind of are a part of the restoration of New York City coming out of COVID? 
And as we close right now, I would love to send you with a benediction that I actually wrote for some missionary friends of mine, um, an organization that I have worked with, a mission sending organization, sending people all around the world. So this is a blessing for sent ones, but it's also a blessing for us sent right to where we already are. So may I, maybe even right now you could hold your hands out. This is a benediction, a blessing, ascending. So receive this and I will send you on our, our ways into our weeks. We send you Hope Midtown to be bridge builders on the path of reconciliation. We send you to partner with Jesus in the weighty work of redemption. We send you as faithful stewards of your own unique vocation. We send you with friends who will join hands in the long collaboration. We send you to build wells that won't run dry. We send you to speak words that bring the dead to life. We send you with power in your hands to heal. We send you with hope in your hearts to persevere. So go with passion, go with grace, go in power, go in peace. Go the distance, go the long way, go together, go today. And now friends, may the peace of Christ dwell here below. May the joy of the spirit well up and overflow. May the love of the father stretch wider than you now know. And may the presence of the triune God carry you as you go. Lord Jesus, I bless and I send my friends and I ask that you bless and send me. Lord, where are you sending us this week? Where can we join you even tomorrow in our everyday Monday? How can we be little glimpses of the kingdom of God in these places that you have already sent us? Here we are, Lord. We are yours. Send us. We want to partner with you. In your name we pray. Amen.